This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Welcome back to the channel. Hope you're all keeping well and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast where we will be discussing Tottenham's game this evening. West Ham United 1, Spurs 1. Um, let me introduce the guests first of all. We have got actor Ricky Norwood back with us. Ricky, how are you? I am very well, my friend. Apart from the game this evening, um, no, I'm very well. Uh, the sun was shining today. It was a beautiful day. I'm trying to change the subject. I know it's not going to work on this show tonight, but yeah, very well and uh, happy to be back on the show. Let's have it. Look, look at the lineup we've got tonight, man. It's going to be a good show. Well, lovely to have you back, Rick. We've also got um, actor Darren Hart back with us. Darren, how are you? I'm good, gentlemen. I'm good. I'm good. And welcome. Good to see everyone. Glad everyone's listening in. And yeah, we will be breaking it down. We will break it down. We need to. This is like another therapy session. We've also got channel regular Craig back with us. Craig, how are you doing? Hello, mate. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Let's get into this straight away, Chris. Come on. I'm sure we're all itching to comment on that. what we saw tonight. <laughs> Who wants to start? Ricky, you've always got a lot to say. Um, give, give me your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, for those watching on YouTube, um, I'm actually in Stratford Shopping Centre. Um, I've come out of the London Stadium, and I tell you what, the whole of the Tottenham away end coming out of that stadium, it feels like a defeat. Everyone feels angry. Everyone feels very, very disappointed. Um, the only thing positive I will say on tonight's show is the fact that we are unbeaten. We are third in the Premier League. We haven't lost a game. Um, your take on today's game, Ricky? Um, you know what? I, I kind of expected more from the boys. I, I don't know what type of... Um, tactics we were playing tonight uh, I just felt we shot ourselves in the foot 
I felt that, that we had periods of the game where we had the possession, we had the play, we had the opportunities. But there were pivotal times within that this 90 minutes um, that just changed it for us. You know, the, the, the first one being the penalty, that changed the rhythm of the play. We had everything up until then. Kulazewski was running them ragged. They didn't know what to do with him, you know. Um, and then that changed a bit of the game. And then the injury towards the end of the half and... West Ham believing that Hoiberg was time wasting. If we saw, if you saw it on the slow mo, it looked like a, a a nasty one. You know, you know when you put your foot down and your 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 ankle wiggles a little bit. That's tough in itself, but it looks like it it rolled a bit, so it did look nasty. But you know, and then I expected the second half for us to come out, you know, flying at them. And then there's there was this type of keep ball, keep playing it around the back, trying to. I don't, know, I don't know what they were doing. And again, we shot ourselves in the foot because we switched off. You can't play uh, you can't play that type of football with Sanchez and Emerson Royal in, in the back like that. We have to play to Sanchez's strengths. If you give him too much time on the ball, or, or if we go back to Hugo too much, then we just invite pressure. We, you know, at one point, they're going to work it out. They're going to see which ones we pass to most and close down certain areas of the game. I don't really want to come on here and praise West Ham, but you know, if I if I if if I'm being totally honest, then I don't want to be. They had the better chances of the ninety minutes. They they could have taken the three points tonight easily, and I just expected more from the boys tonight. I really did. It looked like we was a bit. It was a bit telling this 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 performance, and I think that they have to learn the lessons real real quick, and I'm sure they will, and I do trust them. But um, they've got to learn the lessons real, real quick so that w- w- we don't do this again. Darren, let's come to you. Let me get your thoughts because I don't know whether you read all the comments that I just put on screen there. Um, a lot of people, and these comments are coming in thick and fast. A lot of people are very, very disappointed this evening. And, and I understand that. And as Spurs fans right now, I feel that we are, we have a, we've got a lot of expectations on this team and there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of belief that we can have a really good season. And I think also when you see the other results that are going around right now, you're thinking, come on, Spurs, if we if we put a performance together and get three points, we can really do something this season. And I think that's why it was a little bit frustrating because West Ham were there to be beaten and we had that we have we have a side that can beat them. And I think when we switched off, which we did at a number of moments today, we created our own problems. And I think that is something that is still there within this Tottenham side, creating our own problems. And when we do that, we're going to allow teams to look better than they are. And I think we made West Ham look good a lot of the time today. They were not superb and we were nowhere near superb. And I think we made a game that didn't need to be. We didn't need to make it hard today. This didn't really need to be the battle it was. Normally, it's their cup final and they come roaring at us and they're all over <laughs> us and they batter us and they kick us to shreds. And it wasn't that type of game. It was a game where we frustrated them with the ball and should have been more clinical, but we wasn't. And I think that's another area that we need to develop on. However, I'm going to always end on a positive in a little analysis. We are still undefeated. There are a lot of sides dropping massive points and we're not dropping huge ones. We're going to look how this pans out of our season. West Ham, it's their cup final. If we look over the course of our seasons, we normally would have lost that game. That Boeing one would have gone in and we'd have lost. We haven't. So let's try and keep that momentum going forward and let's hopefully start getting the wins. We're not losing, but let's start converting the wins. Darren, are you surprised by tonight's performance, though? Because I said at the weekend, even though we beat Nottingham Forest 2-0, um, I said a number of times, it's like we haven't got out of second gear yet. 
Um, are you surprised that it's still like that after five matches? I am surprised that we still haven't got our second year. And I, I totally agree with you. I feel that we are not fully excelling as a team. And I think when you... I think David Moyd made an interesting point about his West Ham side, how he's trying to integrate players into the squad and how they're still finding their feet. And then when I look to Arsenal and go, our 11 is pretty much our same 11. Today we had Basuma come in. You go, OK, you've got Perisic that's come in. But really and truly, a lot of these players know what Conte wants and know what they should be doing. And... It's just not happening. And I think also it's, we are very static and I don't know why. And I'm still trying to work it out. When you watch Davinson, Davis pick up the ball, no one moves. It's like everyone gets into position and stands still. And I don't understand it because if you look at our manager, he is clearly animated on the touchline for movement, but it's not happening on the pitch. So I don't know what's being lost in translation. And I'm saying with you, Chris, I'm waiting for, like I said it, Earlier, I think I said it to Ricky privately. Someone will get a spanking off us, like a six, seven, eight, nine, once it all clicks. But I need it to click now, and I don't know why it's not happening. Craig, let's come to you. Um, let's get your thoughts on on tonight's game. Um, what do you think of it? Um, oh, I think it's kind of been covered by Ricky and um, and Darren there. I mean, it, it's I was frustrated watching it. To be honest with you, it was it was like watching. Spurs, I know I'm not allowed to mention Nuno on this channel, but I'm going to mention him. Um, it, it was, it was just, yeah, a frustrating is a word that that is, is best that I can use. To be honest with you, there were so many occasions when Sanchez had the ball, and to be fair to him, he was looking up, looking up, and as Darren said, there was no runners, and then he'd either kick it out of play, the pass would go straight because he was shut down, or he'd go back to Hugo. Hugo didn't look completely. Um, settled and and on his game tonight. You know, he was panicking in situations, nearly cost us a couple of goals. Let's be honest, well, I think we were lucky to get away with a point tonight. I, th- I think we were pretty bad, to be honest. We did control the game in parts. Um, you could say we could have, we should have had a penalty, but under the letter of the law, it wasn't a penalty. It hit his head first. I don't, that probably wasn't explained to you in the stadium, but it hit his head first. It was quite clear. Well, it wasn't clear. That was the thing, but they really went into it for two or three minutes. Um, and we didn't get the penalty, so you move on. Um, we we made our own problems. We let West Ham back into that game. That's what we did. And we were slow, lethargic. As, as has been said, there was no movement. Um, and for me, there's still a hell of a lot of work to be done because we've, we've, we've been lucky in a few games lately, you know, don't don't think just because we're third and we've not lost that there isn't work to be done. There's a, there's still a lot of work to be done. And for me, we I hope we get a couple of players in tomorrow because, and I'll go back to it. We need an Ericsson type player. We need that playmaker. It was crying out for somebody to create tonight, and there was there was just very very little creativity on that pitch tonight. Ricky, let's come to you. Joe Wright's on screen now. Um, I just think, once again, we're somewhat short. We still lack that player that can drop their shoulder and run. Um, towards the end of the show, we will talk about the transfer window. But when you looked, I know we're going to get into the game from the start until the end, but when you looked um, at game changers, yes, we've got Rashalison. Who else would you have brought on today to change the game? Um, well, what, what, what I was screaming was to bring on Spence, to tell you the truth. Uh, just to have a burst of, burst of pace and just to frighten uh, West Ham a little bit. He's a bit unknown, a bit, a bit of an unknown quantity. He's got something to prove. He hasn't been able to get 
that many start. He, I know he came on a, uh, in in the last game uh, for a few minutes, <clears throat> but I think if he would have he would have come on, I think it would just give him West Ham something more to think about, and he would have been able to carry that ball forward. The biggest problem today, I think, is we we play too much. Like, I know we play backwards so that we can draw West Ham on so that we can create space to knock it over or to find a diagonal. I know that's what we're doing, but I think we, I think we played that way too much. We played the ball into Sanchez and Emerson too much. And, and look, Emerson was an athlete today. He did not stop running. He, was, he mm. just kept going. He did burn out towards the end a little bit, but like he was all over the place. He was trying to get things moving. But we didn't play the ball into midfield enough. I think um, Basuma starting today was a bit disappointing. Now, look, it's his, it's his first game. Uh, I, I, I can understand nerves, wanting to prove a lot of things. Um, you know, in the, in the first half, there was a few touches that went away that, that allowed uh, West Ham to counter on us. And then, then he just seemed very nervous. He got that yellow card. That changed his game because it was a nothing yellow card. Then he couldn't do all the things that he wanted to do. It, and then it was just a, it was just a bit bitty for him today. Uh, I'm not going to criticise him again. It's his, it's his first start and he's, he's got to work into the team. But we've got to give Conte credit for starting Hoiberg and Bensonker and starting that midfield that know the midfield roles and that, that have that seven months, now eight months work on their back. I thought Hoiberg was all over the place as well. Another warrior tonight. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, up until they equalised, I thought he was everywhere. You know, up until the, the injury, I should say. He was everywhere. And in my head, I was like, if we take him off, we're going to see how much we miss Hoiberg. I don't care who came on at that point. But with Asuma on the yellow and taking off Hoiberg, who was doing two jobs all, all day long, he was helping out the defence and trying to push that ball forward, knocking balls over the top again. So... I would have brought on Spence. I would have brought on Spence to, to, to change that game in the second half, give them something more to worry about. Talking about the dropping of the shoulder, that's exactly what Richarlison done as soon as he came on. But I felt that we could have given him an extra five, maybe an extra 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, Kulu was running them ragged the majority of that first half, and he was very dangerous. They didn't know what to do with him. But there was a point in which I think we could have just brought on Richarlison maybe five, 10 minutes earlier. Would you go along with me, Ricky? I feel that Richarlison needs to start that Fulham game. I know we're going to preview Fulham at the end of the show, but I feel that like Richarlison needs to start. I think he's definitely earned a start uh, for, for, from the cameos that we've seen. Um, but, you know, Conte's the boss. What he says goes. Uh, if Sonny, if people want to come on and criticise Sonny and he's having a different form, that that gentleman right there is allowed a different form in my book. He's done, he's done enough in my book. He always turns up when we need him. Yes, he's having a dodgy August, but it was not so long ago that Harry Kane used to have a dodgy August every August. Do you know what I mean? So let's let's give him a little bit of a break. I think Conte trying to play him into form. I think there's a lot on Sonny's plate right now. Not only did he it, during the preseason was it in South Korea. And he had all of that on his back, being a superstar. But the amount of endorsements and other things and things he represents and other bits and pieces, the other time and energy, I think it's just caught up to him a bit. And I think Conte trying to play him into, into, into form. But I, if Conte wants to start Richarlison, then I back, I back the manager. Because whatever he wants, I trust in what he's, he's, he's doing. I know he's got reason for his, for his madness. Do you know what I mean? 
Darren, let's come to you. Let's talk about the starting eleven because um, Yves Basuma come in for his first start in the Tottenham Hotspur shirt, um, coming in for the injured Benton curse. So the full starting eleven was as follows. Hugo Lloris in goal, Sanchez, Dyer and Davis at the back. Wing-backs, Emerson Royale and Perisic. And then in the middle, Basuma and Hoybier. And then the forward three of Kulusevski, Hunling, uh, Son and Harry Kane. Um, any surprises there for you? And how did you think that Basuma done on his, uh, on his first start in his first shirt? You know what? The only other thing I wanted to see was I wanted Richarlison in. I did want him to start today. I thought Son was going to get a rest. I totally hear what Ricky's saying about Conte maybe trying to play him into form. But I think we, uh, with the squad we have, we're allowed to rest players and take them out of the firing line. And I think today would have been a good opportunity to pull Sonny out, give Richarlison the start and see how that works out. Um, Basuma starting. I think Basuma, I think he really got affected by his yellow card. I think it really it threw his head. Because as a centre midfielder and a combative midfielder, I think once he got that early booking, he didn't feel was justified. He was all over the place for a while. However, in his defence, though, when we started the second half, he was the one who showed the most for the ball. And he was the one who was trying to link the play. He's very cute with the ball. And he does want to do the little intricate passes. He's looking for the passes in the gap. But it's what I stated earlier. Everyone went very static. And I don't know why. When the ball is there to be played, no one moves. And I think when you look at our, our back line of Eric Dyer, Sanchez, Davis, none of them are worldies at passing the ball. Hugo Lloris is not the keeper that we would need to play these worldy passes. He's not got that in the kit bag. We know this. So what, what it does, it puts even more pressure on the centre of the park or on our wing backs to be the creative outlets. And I think I needed to see Richarlison in there for a little bit more hustle and bustle. We know what West Ham are going to bring because when he came on, Within two minutes of being on the pitch, turned the man beautifully, linked up. But also, he's aggressive. And he was winding them up and he was being the bully up that end, which Antonio was at their end for us. And I think we needed that element in the game just to ruffle feathers and to get our fans to go, go on, boys, and to build that momentum. And I don't think we had that today. So I'm hoping, like you are, Chris, that he gets the start against Fulham because I feel he needs that. And I think the team needs that now. We need that personnel in that first eleven. Darren, there's a lot of criticism um, in the comments um, this evening for Hugo Lloris, and I thought he made a couple of great saves in the game that we'll get to. Um, but a comment on screen that Hugo needs to wake up, he could have lost it for us. Um, and bearing in mind, um, today marks the anniversary of 10 years since he signed for us um, for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and of course, no trophies in that 10 years as well. Um, sorry to mention that, but it's the way it is. Um, what do you think of Hugo's performance this evening? I think with Hugo, I think. We have to remember what Hugo is. He is a wonderful goalkeeper. He's a great shot stopper. He's not a keeper who catches and he's not a keeper that's good with his feet. There are two attributes that he doesn't have. But what Hugo will do, he'll pull out worldly saves and keep us in games. But in games like today, when I say everyone goes static, he doesn't have an Emerson pass. He doesn't have, he doesn't have like those goalkeepers that can find that big ping and send Peretic clear or send Kane clear. He doesn't have that in kit bag. So what he wants to do is everyone to go wide and to show for him. That's why I think Rich Arlison gives us a better option because you can then go long. And I think Luis wanted that out ball. He gets it and he looks up and no one's moving and he panics. But that's always been him. Spurs fans, if you're expecting a different Hugo, he doesn't exist. He's always going to be that guy in these games. So I, I can't criticise him too heavily because I think it's a problem that we all know. Teams are going to know that. Because he's going to save us in other games. He's a world of a goalkeeper, but he's not 
a footballing goalkeeper. He's not got the footballing ability. But when you lose a Romero in our team right now, who is the defender who will take the ball and play the pass, then we've got a problem. And I think that's what Conte is seeing. We're all seeing as Spurs fans. And that's why the game got very static for a long period of the time because the out ball wasn't there. And Kane dropping deep, where we don't have a creative midfielder, is creating that problem again because the out ball is to go long. But Kane's in the middle coming deep. We're creating our own problems, Spurs. But we're still in a way that we're moving forward. These are problems that can be rectified, but I see why we're all frustrated and we're allowed to be. I, I get it. Craig, apart from uh, Richarlison, who, of course, come on, um, the subs tonight was uh, Doherty, Skip, Session Forster, Spence, Tanganga, Saar and Lengley. Um, does it worry you that we don't have enough on the bench still to change games like this evening? Yeah, and I come back to my earlier point about, about the... the the creative midfielder coming off the bench. Some, somebody who is going to, like they said, put foot on the ball, run with the ball, you know, like a Grealish type player or something. He, I, know, I know he gets pelters on this channel when we've talked about him before, Adama Traore. It was an ideal game for, to bring somebody like him on. I'm not saying Adama, but um, personally between him and Dan James, I'd take Adama all day because I, I think Dan James is a massive step backwards. I just cannot understand that rumour if we get him. But there you go. We, we need that sort of player. For me, I totally agree with what Ricky said. Spence would have been the one I would bring on. I'd love to see him get a start because uh, I, I think he's rapid down that right-hand side. I think he can bring a lot. I was really excited we actually got him over the line. And again, that might be... Um, that, that, that might be a contentious point, but but out of all the signings, he was the one that excited me the most because I think he's a young player. He, he's, he's hungry. I, I watched him at Forest last year. I think he's a fantastic signing. Um, but I still think we're light, Chris. I do. I think we're light. And um, that that through ball today from the back, like you say, that, that um, Romero's done on, on a couple of occasions just wasn't there today. I'll go as far as to say that Hugo was probably to blame for us conceding because he kicked the ball out of play. All right, it was a foul throw, actually. I don't know if anybody else picked up on that. It was a foul throw that led to their goal. But, you know, it, 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 these things happen in football. You just get on with them. But it, it was Hugo that was under pressure. He kicked the ball out of play. Whether that was nobody showing for him, I don't know. But it, there was times I was screaming tonight, get rid of it, get rid of it, because nobody was showing for him. But it, do we just put that down as a bad result? I think there's more to it. Personally, I think the performance against Forest, even though we won, wasn't brilliant. And again, I think there's work to be done. And I, I really hope we get a couple of signings over the line because coming back to your question, Chris, I still think our bench is a bit light, certainly in the attacking. Um, uh, well, you could say Mora, but there's rumours he might be off tomorrow, but I can't see it. I think he'll hang around. But all we really had was Richarlison, wasn't it? Rick, let's come to you. A comment on screen now from Colin. Um, I thought the idea of fitness training was to press the other team. We made the opposition <laughs> so comfortable. Now, when we saw in pre-season, especially in South Korea, 42 lengths of the pitch, the training was unreal under Antonio Conte. But I completely agree with Colin's comment. It, it was comfortable for West Ham. They were, they were spraying the ball about um, too much time on the ball. Would you agree? Sorry, Governor. Sorry, Governor. Um, yes, no, I, I, I would agree. Uh, Leave the baby smile tonight, Ricky. <laughs> sorry, bro, but like, but I think it was more about what we've all been saying right now was was that 
we kicked ourselves in the foot. It's it's because of our own. It's not because this ain't because of fitness. If you look at Perisic, he he was flying up and down. Uh, Emerson Royal was flying up and down. Harry Kane never stopped, never stopped running. I felt it was Harry Kane's uh, like turn of kind of aggression that that got us the first goal. There was a point within that, that first half where he was just like, you know what, forget this. Give me the ball. Let's go. And he just started popping it around and trying to get those triangles going and try and move it up and trying to get those passes going, you know. And a, a, a lot of them for Harry, which is pretty rare for him, but a lot of them, especially in the first half, they would hit the first man or they'd be just cut out or they'd be just short, you know. So um, it, it, the, when it comes down to the fitness, you, you can see that the, the side was fit. They kept going until the end. They kept pushing until the end. But for me, what's frustrating is that you can't come out in the second half and whether you want to call it time wasting or not, or or tactical play, or what, however you want to describe it, but to come out and do what they were doing at that point, and I know that look, Hoiberg, yes, there was the injury. He started running on it. I c- I can say that he started running on it and he felt a niggle, went off. I don't know whether it was time wasting. Probably, if I was an opposition fan, I'd look at it and say that it was time wasting. But then the the whole you know, he, what is it? The whole sole of his uh, football boot came off. Yeah. So then he had to swap these boots. So these, all these little things, th- but this breaking play, it messed us up. I know it was there to frustrate West Ham and to, and to, to get on their nerves and to rile them up, but it messed us up. It, it, it forced us to switch off at that point. And it forced the, uh, West Ham to get so frustrated with it that they're like, you know what, let's just go. Let's go. Give me the ball, give me the ball. And that's why it was so snappy and quick. And that's where the, the goal came from. You know, it's because we was trying this time wasting or we was trying this different style of play to frustrate, but we switched off. And you can't do that. You can't play that game. You've got to be 100% on it if you're going to try, try these tactics. Because at one point, the opposition is going to get upset with it and they are going to fight back and when they do get the ball they're going to be they're going to have that extra 10% to counter on us and to try and score just to shut us up and stop us playing that game and then we play this this holding game and then suddenly now it's 1-1 and now we're chasing the game so then that doesn't help us either now we're on the front foot we're giving with Sam's face so I, if you're going to do that those type of hold the ball type of techniques you want to do that in the last three to five minutes of the game. Do you know what I mean? An extra time. And even then, personally, I don't like it, you know? But, like, if you're going to do it, you need to be switched on. You need to be 100% for it to, you know, be, be pulled off properly. Otherwise, things like this will happen. So this is what I'm saying. I hope they learn the lesson real, real quick. Now, let's get into the key instance in the game. Um, as we mentioned, Hugo Lloris did make a couple of great saves. He made one in the seventh minute from four nows. Um Great shot, top goal, uh, top corner. Lloris made a great save. And then just uh, four minutes later, um, it seemed like it was a handball. Referee pointed to the spot. Darren, can you talk me through that? Because I was inside the stadium. And as we all know, you need binoculars to see anything inside that stadium. It was at the far end. And uh, we all thought it was a handball. Um, talk us through the incident because it lasted about four minutes. The fans inside the stadium didn't really know what was happening. What was actually happening? What happened? Is his connection there? Oh, That's no. What you, you have to understand. And VAR took forever because... Have you got me again? Are you back? You got me? <laughs> have you got me? Yeah, kind of. 
Yeah, I've got them as bad as VAR. That's how long VAR was working. <laughs> so VAR was having an absolute mess, just like my network right now. But he's got the he's got the Vega Vega Wi-Fi man. That Vega Wi-Fi travel forever for them to break it down. He's just smiling. Well, it, it, it's a bit freaky because we've got 666 viewers, so it's 666 oh, at the moment. No. Oh, no. Somebody else oh, start dear. watching or someone leave, man. Come on. <laughs> someone in, phone a friend, someone. Like, come on. We can't be having that. Oh, my but gosh. It, right, the answer I want really, Darren, should it have been a penalty? No. It, 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 the decision was correct. It was not a penalty. It did go off the defender's head, then onto his hand. And the rule states, if it hits his hand, if it hits his head, then his hand, it's not a penalty. So it's correct. The decision was right. It wasn't a penalty. That's not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> He's right, though. He is right. He's right. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Craig, let's come to you then. In the 18th minute, West Ham had a shot. Um, Declan Rice, um, Larice with a great save. Um, I know we spoke a little bit about Larice earlier, but what did you make of his performance this evening? Yeah, I mean, he did make some good saves tonight, but as Roy Keane would say, you know, he's, that's his job. You know, he, he, he just did his job and he, he just looked dodgy every back pass. And he did get the ball probably more than the goalkeeper wants the ball at their feet tonight, to be honest to him. We did go back an awful lot. There was a couple of times when uh, Bissoum and Hoybier in the middle could have turned and, and played mm. forward, but they didn't. He went backwards and it was incredibly frustrating to see us go back. I can't stand that playing across the back, playing across the back, you know, left yeah, to right, right to left, back to the keeper. It just puts you under unnecessary pressure. There was one time when he had the ball literally a yard from the goal line and you could see the panic in his feet. He was like trying to adjust his feet. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to go Pete Tong in a minute. But we got away with that one. But Mixed performance from Hugo, not his best game. Um, couldn't do much about the goal from the shot, to be honest, because it was six, seven yards out and, and he hit it so hard. But, you know, shouldn't have been in that position. Um, if that was Man City tonight, they would have won that game. And that, that that's the levels we're at. You know, we, we are, we're in third, as you say, but we are, st you know, the performance City put on tonight with Haaland. And that's probably not helping Sonny. Actually, knowing his golden boot and not scored, seeing Haaland, you know, have, have nine, eight, nine goals by the end of August, already that many ahead of him, he's probably thinking, I've got to get on the board here. And I know from experience, whatever level of football you're playing, if you're a striker and you're not scoring, it's incredibly frustrating. You try harder and it doesn't happen. And, and it just, it's like a vicious circle. So, yeah, he will get there. He will get there. But um, coming back to Hugo, look, I'm not going to be too hard on him. You know, he, he's he's allowed an off game. If that's his worst game of the season, I'll take that. You know, he, he's um, he's saved us so many times, but not his best performance tonight. No. Craig, let's stay with you. What did you make of this uh, this comment on screen here that the performances are slowly getting worse? Would you go along with that? <sighs> Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I agree. To a point, I, 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 I would expect the performances to be getting better, and I don't think they're getting better. That, that, that's all I would say. I don't, I don't think they're getting 
massively worse because we would be losing, you know. Um, there's still something missing. There's still something not quite right. Um, I don't understand why Conte didn't make more changes tonight because I think everyone was crying out for more changes, just fresh legs. And what those changes would have been, I don't know. But I think we could have, I think West Ham made three tonight and we just made the one, did we? I think it was just Richarlison came on. Can I, ask, can I ask all three of you that question? Um, because everyone's saying about um, Antonio Conte should have made more changes. What changes should he have made from the players on the bench that he had? Um, personally, I, I would have brought Spence on for, for Royale, to be honest. I think that would have been a, uh, a good change to make. Because, as Ricky said, um, Royale probably covered every blade of grass. I'd love to see the distance he run tonight. But was he running where you want him to be running as a wing-back? I thought Perisic was much more of your what you expect from a wing-back. I thought he played quite well tonight, Perisic. Putting in some, he put in a lovely cross in the second half, by the way. He rolled it across and it just needed, you know, that kind of Gary Lineker type finish, somebody, some of that predatory finish. But um, you don't see that from Emerson. And that's why I think you get that from Spence. I think you would get that on the right. And I think if you're not, if Conte wants to play with wing-backs, which he obviously does, and they're not playing the wing-back role, that, that kind of throws the whole system out for me. I mean, I'm not an expert, but if your wing-backs aren't doing the wing part, surely that throws everything else out. But, hey, who am I to to say. Ricky, as I said, we need binoculars inside the London Stadium to see anything. Um, a lot of the Spurs fans didn't really see the goal either. So can you talk us through the goal in the 34th minute? Because we all thought it was Hunmin Son that got the final touch, but it then went down as an own goal. I mean, <clears throat> there was some fantastic play by Kulazewski, uh to get us into the position. He was darting, he was troubling West Ham left, right and centre. And then um, he kind of he he was messing up the West Ham left back at the time. He's actually cut to go right, then left, and then he's laid it off for Harry Kane, who then slid it across the box for Sonny to score. But the defender slid in with Sonny, so it ended. The defender had to slide. Oh, he hasn't put it on mute, Darren, and he's just messed up his whole Wi-Fi. Darren's destroying his Wi-Fi box right now, everyone. I'm just letting everyone know. Uh, but yeah, uh, Kane slid it across the box for Sonny to tap in. The defender had to slide in and it ended up being an, uh, an own goal. But um, yeah, it was a good move. It was a good passing move. And we had some of those tonight. We had a couple of moves tonight. You know, like Craig said, that ball for Perisic that came across the box, we just needed hopefully Richarlison to be in that right-hand side, but everybody was over the left-hand side, so nobody was there to, to put it away. You know, think about the Sonny chance when uh, Harry hooked it over. And Sonny, normally, you know, I'd put my house on him to cushion it, you know, get, get a cushion header, tuck, uh, have one touch and then bury it or take it round the keeper and bury it because when he's on song... You, you, you know how dangerous he can be. So we did have moments tonight. Perisic, Perisic's crossing tonight was very, very good. I think even when Perisic crossed over to the right-hand side towards the end of the game, he looked super dangerous. He'd he done one sprint up into the uh, uh, down the right wing, and I was like, wow, this guy's got pace. Do you, know, you know, I didn't realise he had that turn of pace. Um, so there, there, there were good things tonight. We did have our chances, but again, we shot ourselves in the foot. We put ourselves in, in the position. We, we drew on pressure. We put ourselves in a position to concede a goal. Um, and then 
once we've done that, we've got to go and chase the game, which makes it a totally different game, especially against West Ham when it's a final like that, you know, especially for them. And when we say that, it's a West Ham, you know, West Ham look at it as a cup final. I don't even see that as a bad thing anymore. I, I think that if they see it as that, I, I, don't, I, I want to know why we don't see it as that. I want to know why that ain't the way that we interpret this game and kind of go all out to go and win it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I was. I can't remember the question. I ran it so long. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, let's come to you. Um, comment on screen now. Um, Miss Benton Kerr's enterprise tonight, but Suma Son really poor. Why doesn't Antonio Conte start with Charleston instead of Son and Royale? Desperately need creative player, pay it and get Madison. Now, all of us throughout the whole of the transfer window have been raving about the window. Um, do you think we missed Benton Kerr tonight? And if we missed him, you know, where does the likes of Basuma fit in? Because this is his first start today and people don't seem to like his performance tonight. I think I can see that the, the call for where was Benton Kerr and we missed him today because he is a person who played the intelligent pass in the middle. And I think Basuma at times, as he got frustrated, and I think even if Bentancourt was playing today, I think he would have got frustrated because I said, everyone got very static. That's going to be my turn for today. Static, build up my network. Um, so that's what they were struggling with today. That's what the issues were. And I think if I was Conte, I would be looking at bringing in Spence and giving him a trial. Also, Emerson Royale is going to need a rest. He is an athlete. He's working his socks off. But we are going to three games a week. With that, Spence is going to get minutes. Basuma's going to get minutes. So we are going to do that rotation. I think the cry for a player like Madison is so interesting because I looked at the bench today and I looked at what Conte has got tools-wise. And all the tools he's got stay in the same system. He doesn't have another system that we can go into. And I think that's where I'm intrigued because when our system isn't working, when the fullbacks are not getting the joy they want, when Kane and Son are not firing, we don't have a, a, a switch to gear two. And I don't know if Richarlison gives us that because he wants to play on the last man. That's how Richarlison wants to play for me. He wants to be roughing people up, playing physical. And if we're not going to play long to him, I don't think we're going to give him the kind of the kind of support that he's going to want. He's not always going to want it to be. He's going to want it over the top sometimes. He's going to want to be on the last man and get the headers. And Craig, you're exactly right. There was a great ball that um, Perisic played in, right in that corridor of uncertainty between the keeper and the back four. And... What I saw with Charleston was like, I'm coming short for the cutback. And then it went long. But it's it's that communication, that, that little sync-up play that is just not quite hitting for Spurs right now. It's not all gelling at the top and it's not all gelling in the middle of the park. And I think if we did have a Madison in our squad, I think my debate is the system has to change then. We can't play the system we're playing right now to incorporate a Madison. So we've got to change that. And is Conte willing to do that? I don't think he is. But if you had one of those on the bench, in these games right now, you switch it up and you change the system and then we look like a different prospect. That's what I would be hoping for. But right now, what I see is what he's got. And if we don't bring anyone in the next 24 hours, it's going to be very much play it this way and the players have to improve. Darren, I love having you on this channel because you, you alongside Ricky, I know uh, Craig can be grumpy at times, but you and Ricky certainly um, <laughs> are two of the most positive people that come on this channel. And I love you guys for that. Do you think that all of us are being a bit doom and gloom 
And do you think the fan base this evening are being a bit doom and gloom? Because a question on the screen now, not to mention Kane scored in August, but a point away at West Ham. While unbeaten after five games, remind me why we're all doom and gloom. I totally agree. And um, it's funny, me and Ricky had this chat personally and we were talking about dispersed fan base and what what's starting to breed underneath it. And I think something that we have to be aware of is we are in a good spot right now. We have a great manager, great infrastructure. We've got a, a squad that we're proud of. We've got one of the best strikers in the world. We've got Sun. We've got Kulicescu looks amazing. We've, we've got Romero. We've got so many things to be proud of. Also, we are still undefeated. Yes, there's only three sides in this league right now that are undefeated, and we're one of them. In a league where everybody is dropping points, everyone is beatable. No game is a certainty of three points. So I'm going to use the term that myself and Ricky are going to share today, I'm guessing, entitlement. <laughs> when we turned up to, at, at this stadium today, we weren't entitled to the three points. It wasn't a given. And everything we get, we've got to earn, we've got to fight for. And today, we've got a point. We could have got nothing. We're still undefeated and we're still competing. I think we have to start being a little bit more positive and go, you know what? We've got a busy season ahead and things haven't gelled yet. But guess what? We're still in contention. We're still up there. We're still competing. We're still pulling out results and getting points when old Spurs, Nuno Spurs, old fall apart Spurs would have lost today, would have lost at Nottingham Forest, would have lost to Chelsea. But we're not that. So let's see the positives in that. Yes, it's not the dream that we want yet, but we're on the cusp. It's potential. And if Sun gets going, we're dangerous. I'm, uh, Chris, I'm going to say it now. Spurs fans, if you're upset, when we batter someone 7 or 8 nil, remember today. Because we're going to do it this season. Someone is getting battered by us this season. Trust me. I'll tell you that now. Trust me. Let's smile, Spurs. We're still all right. We're still all right. And and we're also allowed to critique. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're Absolutely. Just in, we've just seen the game. We all love our team. Do you know what I mean? We all want the best for them. We all know that what what they what they Passion. can achieve when they're at their best. So so when you have a bit of a game like that, and and it's a bit deflating at the end there, we're we're allowed to kind of go. You know what? This this is where this messed up there, and this is where that messed up there. Every every single Spurs fan out there. I never, I'm never going to tell you or anyone, especially on this show, that your opinion is wrong. Do you know what I mean? However you feel about the side and how the side is playing or who's your favourite player, who's your worst player, all of that. Everybody deserves to have their, you know, to, to, to say what they feel. But all, all I'm here, all we're here doing is trying to give you a different point of view on what we're seeing tonight. From a fan's perspective, you know, it's just another opinion. It's just another way of seeing things. And if we can see little things where we where we can see critique, then <clears throat> or you know we, we're going to vocalise it, we're going to point it out, and we're going to hope uh, that that those lessons have been learned, and it, we don't have to speak about it again. But it's not because we hate our team; it's because we love them, it's, and that's why we'll, we'll we'll pick up the little niggles that are, are bad. And it's not negative negativity to point out the badness; it's just these are the critiques. That's it. Just Rick, going to jump on the back of that and now I'm going to, you can move on, Chris. How many Spurs fans watching this chat right now at about 70 minutes said to yourself, we're going to lose this game now. We're going to lose. Here comes the loss. And then that's what you were, you were, you were putting it out there. You were projecting that loss and it didn't happen. So let's take that as well. Let's, let's know what was in our hearts. Chris, you was at the stadium. Spurs fans, they're angry today. They're frustrated. 
because they want to see the win. They want us to push on. And I'm glad, but let's keep that energy and let's fire it back into the boys because they're going to need us this year. There's a lot of games. It's going to be a real roller coaster season and we're still undefeated. So let's let's push on. We we can push on. There's so many more gears this side can go through. And I am like a lot of people saying it is falling away a little bit in terms of confidence, but the change of personnel will help. And change of Wi-Fi will help. All of that will help. And we're going to get it. It's coming. Come on. It's coming. I believe in us. I still believe. It is. It is. I apologise if there's any background noise. There's a bit of banging going on here in uh, Stratford Centre. Let's come to you. Um, Roy writes um, here, we need to take into consideration that Son, Kane and Kulishevsky are not properly clicking as a unit yet. Richarlison makes a difference every time he plays. Um, Gina writes here, um, I haven't lost hope in Sonny yet. Neither have I, but are you worried about his performances um, after five games? Um, not overly, if I'm honest. I've come back to what I said before. He's probably just trying a bit too hard, to be honest with you. And the chances aren't just falling for him. He's still making the runs. I was watching him tonight. He is getting himself in those positions. It's just not happening at the moment. It will happen, 100%. Son's far too good a player to to, uh, to carry on like that all season. And certain players, you can tell the players, they need an arm around them. Some players need shouting at. Son's probably one of those ones that you need to put an arm around. And I would imagine Conte will be doing that in, in, in spades. So I've got absolutely no uh, worries really about Son. You know, he, he will, the, goal, the goals will come. As Darren said, you know, the, you know, have a bit of faith, and yeah, I might be a bit grumpy sometimes, but let me let me just um, be a bit more optimistic. I like to, you know, uh, Ricky. Ricky's always drinking when he's on here, so that's why he's so happy. I'm, 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 I'm only on the I'm night. A, I'm a, I'm oh, your voice up! Oh, I thought he was on. Oh, he looked like a bottle of Bex when I looked up there. Uh, no, in there. Yeah, yeah, what's he got in there? He's got vodka in there, isn't he? It's the, um, it's the Princess Switch 3 bottle, isn't it? <laughs> it's amazing, it is, look. It is, it is, it is, look. Definitely no water in there for sure, then. Where did you get that from? The Watford Club Shop? No, sorry, I'm not going to bring up Watford again. No. No, li- listen, listen, going, getting back to tonight. Last year, we lost at um, the London Stadium. So... If you want to look at it like that, we've improved on last year's result. We lost to Southampton last year. We lost to Wolves. So there is improvements, right? There is improvements. And it's baby steps at the moment, you know? So I totally echo what Darren said. Still have the faith in them. There is a lot to be working on. There's seven players to integrate, possibly eight. So, you know, we will get there and... I know there's parts of the game tonight and probably against Forest and, and other times where you're looking at the match, you're thinking, oh, God, what are we doing? We haven't improved. These signings are supposed to improve us. They haven't. No team in the history of the Premier League go for a whole season where every result is perfect. You look at Man City's games. You look at Liverpool's games. I mean, Liverpool tonight, what an absolute travesty how they nicked that at the end. I can't, if I was a Newcastle fan, I cannot believe that. I switched over to watch the last five minutes of that. Unbelievable. Talk about favouring the team and just seeing Klopp's teeth at the end. Oh, I could smash him right in the face. But this is not, this is not a Liverpool channel. So, but, you know, Liverpool are in the, in the shit a little bit. So, you know, Arsenal, they will slip away. They are not keeping that up for the rest of the season. It's nice and warm. They've had some pretty easy fixtures. 
you know, they've, I think they've got Man U at the weekend. So Arsenal will not be up there. So if you take them out of it, because they are not going to stay up there, we're, we're behind City. And that's not a bad place to be. You know, if we can... And look, I know ifs and buts. If we had managed to win tonight, we'd be level on points with City. And you would take that. You would take that all day. So, yes, there's a few things to iron out. But, you know, let's give them a few more weeks. We've got the Champions League starting. We've got... Is it Fulham? Fulham at the weekend we've got, I believe. So, you know, uh, if we can get to the international break and maintain this unbeaten run, then we're not doing too badly and we'll be up there. So, yeah, let's keep the faith and try not to be too miserable. I know it's difficult because I'm exactly the same as everyone else. He's only saying that because we're calling Grumpy, you see. Yeah, um, bloody, <laughs> bloody Spurs. Ricky, we were crap. Ricky, what, <laughs> Ricky, what did you make of us tonight defensively? Because um, Suchek scoring in the 55th minute, what did you make of that goal? It, that, the, the goal itself, uh, it, that, that was a point in which we switched off, you know, like I was saying, in that second half where we were just kind of inviting pressure, but then we're slowing down the game, we're playing these these alternate, alternative tactics, and we wasn't switched on at that time, so that it was a quick counter-attack, um, and it seemed like the, the the boys were half a step, half a second behind, you know, and that was it. It was in. It was a great flick from Antonio, and Suchek was there to to um, smash it in. And but that was all brewed from frustration on West Ham's part because they were frustrated with our tactics. They were like, you know what, I've had enough, and it that, that that's what kind of spawned the goal. The the defense in general, they they've been looking all right. They all know their jobs, um, but I think that we again shot ourselves in the foot. We 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 didn't play to Sanchez's strengths. You know, we kept passing him the ball, trying to trying to look at him like he's Romero. He's not Romero. He can do certain things and other things he can't. And after the amount of times that he's uh, after the amount of years and seasons that he's been here, we should know what those strengths and weaknesses are. So we didn't we we, we didn't we didn't help ourselves by doing uh, doing that. Dyer ever you know he's always a colossus. He's there for the challenge. He's there for the fight. Um, Davies, I thought done okay. I thought that's another change. You know, you know, you're talking about changes. Maybe to have someone like Lengley in there, and, and but it's tough in a derby and it's tough against West Ham. But maybe somebody like Lengley being in there would have. Uh, um, a higher range of passing and would be that ball play in centre-half that can break the lines and confuse opposition when it, when, the, when the defenders are strolling into the attacking half, you know? So, the defending was... It, it, it ended up becoming panicked. And you know what? That, Darren was talking about uh, Bentenker, uh, the differences between Bentenker and Basuma. And the biggest difference that I, I can see on, on the evidence that I've seen, and again, he's only had one game, but Bentica is comfortable and happy to be in a tight space. He's happy to have three guys around him and wriggle out of it and find a pass. Um, but tonight, it looked like Basuma wasn't that guy. He, he didn't like it in tight, tight spaces. When he did get crowded, he did seem a bit panicked. Sometimes he kind of... He, he rushed the pass or he, he rushed some... some of the, look, he had a few nice through balls, but a lot of the time when he was pressured, he ended up rushing the play, which didn't help us again. 
you know, it gave the ball back to West Ham and they were on the counter again. So it, it's, it's a team game. You know, the defending ain't just up to the defence no more. It's, you know, the, the wing-backs defend, the midfielders defend. Everybody, you know, has got a job in that team. And uh, today, there was a point in which we switched off and that's when they scored. And that can't happen again. You know, we've worked too long, too hard. They ran them 42 laps for what? Like, fix up, you know, look sharp, keep your head in the game, you know? I don't know how many other songs I can quote. <laughs> Darren, let's come to you. Um, comment, comment on screen now. I hope Bournemouth game is coming soon for that battering. Um, do you think it's Bournemouth that are going to get the battering from us? And uh, also, the uh, the point says, I guess we're frustrated because them not um, down the road have lost uh, one five out of five, but they haven't played anyone serious yet. Historically, we always kick on from September. Um, does it frustrate you that Arsenal have won five out of five? You know what? That, for me, that doesn't frustrate me. I know it's frustrating a lot of other Spurs fans and I know it's making a lot of our neighbours feel very, very happy right now. But as it's been quite rightly quoted in this message, they haven't played anyone really yet. And when they have a challenge, let's really see the metal of this side and we'll see what they're really about. I think it's really interesting. Rick spoke about the goal just then and about shutting off and like who was focusing and stuff like that. And I think it's interesting that the back three have been calling to like, oh, Sanchez, Dyer, Davis, what they do in that moment. That goal, the switch off, came because Hoiberg and Basuma switched off. And if you watch it again, they tried to break it down with BT Sport afterwards. Basuma wasn't in the right position. And Hoiberg was having a conversation with the referee at the time when the throwing, as Craig quite rightly pointed out, was a foul throw. It was a ridiculous foul throw. I've seen that six-year-old do throws like that. Don't know why that wasn't pulled up, but anyway. So it was the midfield because we had a system for Antonio that someone got in front of him and no one got in front of him and then no one picked up the Suchet run. And that's what created the problem for the back three. So that's what that was all about. And we, again, as people keep stressing, like, I'm not panicked because, quite rightly so, we haven't kicked off yet. It's, August isn't our month, if you look at how statistics show it. But all the teams we've played, if you go on last season, the season before, these haven't been favourable for us. And they've been favourable now because we're showing a new kind of now, so a new kind of result, a new kind of bigger in these games. And we're getting results that we haven't got before. And as Craig quite rightly said, Craig quite rightly said, I should say, if we can get to that international break, still be undefeated and be close to Man City, that's a great start. That is a great, great start. And Davidson Sanchez, people, he's not having a bad one for us right now. He's doing a lot of good work. And I know yeah. whenever we want to talk about our back line, people want to throw the attack at him. If you watch his games, he is positionally, he's doing very well. At the back, we don't have people who are comfortable passing the ball out. That is an area that we needed to address. And I don't know if Langley has got more of that. However, he is, <laughs> what I believe, Davis's cover. And I think if that's yeah. what he fought for and we've lost what was Emerson Royale, who I believe is our best passer of the ball, Eric Dias, for me, is someone who is quite wasteful with the ball because he looks for that one diagonal ball to Perisic or to um, Sessignon. And apart from that, it's not really happening. And I think we've got to look at that in training, find different dimensions of where that ball's going to go long and short because sometimes we need to go long. And I think that's something that we're going to have to start integrating into our games Spurs has to find a long ball because playing at the back, Luis does get worried. Give him a long out ball and he'll be a happier man. Well, Roy writes on screen now when Son, Kane and Kulishevsky, um do click again. Darren will get his wish that someone will get smashed. It will come. So the battering is coming. Um, Craig, let's, let, let's come to you. 
Um, in the 63rd minute, a good cross from Perisic, well defended uh, by West Ham. Now, Perisic in the last couple of games has, has put in, uh, you know, a number of good crosses. What have you made of his time at Spurs so far? I think he's been pretty good, to be honest with you. And, you know, you kind of know what he was going to get with Perisic. I think he, the good thing about Perisic is I think I think he's right-footed, but he can use both feet so well, he can go either way. And that, that's what you can see. And I think he was definitely one of our best attacking threats outside of, uh, of Kane and Son. Um, he's, he's, in, he's impressive. You know, being 33 years old, um, he, he's, he's fit as a fiddle. And he was up and down that wing. I, I think he's going to be a massive player for Tottenham, not only for what he does on the pitch, but what he does with Sessegnon and, 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 you know, teaching him the ropes and still showing him the ropes. There's a lot to learn with that position. And and he's going to he's a great acquisition. I think um, I think Perisic was a very shrewd. Uh, well, he wasn't even a buy, was he? He was free, but yeah, he's, he's impressed me. And, and you know, he's been there and done everything, so that can only be good for the for the whole team. Um, just going back to what you were saying about playing out from the back, there, it does go to show how good Alderweireld's passing was because he's crossfield balls. How many of them did he used to play <clears throat> on the potch that got us out of trouble that actually set up mm. good chances for the for the left? He was usually going out to the left, wasn't it? So uh, very, very... That, that that just goes to show us that that is an absolute weapon if we can have somebody that can do that from the back, just to change it up a little bit. But um, I, I, from what I understand of Lengley, I think he, he is that type of, uh, of player. So... Would like to see him uh, in the next few games and perhaps in a cup game or something and see what he can provide there. Ricky, let's come to you. It would be wrong of me if we didn't mention Davinson Sanchez's overhead kick. (laughs) What did you make of that? I loved it. I loved it. Um, You know, Sanchez, you know, he he has been a a different player under Conte, you know. Um, So the fact that he even done that must mean that he's Full of confidence, you know, uh, and and he wants to, he he wants to to prove a point as well that he can be an important part of this team, you know, whether that's a squad member or, or whether he's starting, you know. So to see that was awesome. But as you, you, what got me about that movement, though, I don't know who it was, Dow. You'll probably remember, but the West Ham player that went down holding his face when when Sanchez's overhead kick went nowhere near him. Now, that could be considered time-wasting. That could be considered not sportsman-like behaviour. But, you know... Was that, that Suchek? Suchek, was it? Was it, it might, I, You know, it might I have been, so. but I just can't... Was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, all right, so there, there you go. Their, their big hero is there, and he's massive as well. He, he's there holding his face on the floor, waiting for some treatment, you know, buying a little time. But but the headlines are going to be about Tottenham tomorrow. Like, oh, all all talk sport and all Sky Sport, everyone, they'll be like, oh, you know, Tottenham in their time wasting or Tottenham in their antics or whatever. But they're not going to pick up on that. But that's that, that's what made me laugh was when he went down holding his head. And when I looked at the replay, I had to look again. And I was like, he was nowhere near him. So, but yeah, I love that from Sanchez. Get in there, Sunshine. Darren, in the last 10 minutes, West Ham, you know, it's fair to say they had a number of opportunities to get the winning goal. Does it worry you how many chances that we are giving sides at the moment? Um, it, it worried me more in this game than it has in previous games because I felt like I had uh, a little Anthony Costa on my shoulder going, they're going to score, they're going to score. You know what's going to happen, Dal. You know what's coming, son. I felt him here, I felt him here. 
especially yeah. when they brought on their new signings. Like, debut, he's going to score, he's going to score. So today I was a bit concerned about it in the last 10. But normally what I've seen is when we have create, when teams have created chances against us, the blocks have been superb. Sanchez has been in, Davis has been in. We've thrown our body at the ball and we've blocked it. There's not many times you've seen Hugo this season making worldies 24-7. The back three have done their job. But today, it felt a bit more panicked. And I don't know if it was just everyone felt it or what, but it wasn't just like the back three, it was everybody. So second balls were just bouncing and West Ham were winning them and like the ricochets were falling to them. So I was mm. a bit concerned. And as you'll probably see when you look at Twitter later, everyone was feeling that. Oh, here it go. Here it comes. It's coming. And that was concerning. But I think in previous games, I felt confident in Spurs in that in those last few minutes. I've always felt that we've had an extra gear to go into and we've pushed on and Richarlison's been on the pitch at those moments and we look a bit more in control, especially when he does his keepy uppy. I'll have a bit of keepy uppy. Um, but today's game was never going to be that type of game. And I think in those moments, we did look nervy. And normally, if we go on our history against West Ham, they would have got that winner today, Chris, and you'd have been leaving even more concerned with the rest of the Spurs fans. But it didn't happen. So I'm going to take the positive in that, that what could have been wasn't. And we came away with, with, the, with a point at least. Now, just before we talk about the transfer window and our next game against Fulham on Saturday at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I just want to ask you all um, the same question. Who is your man of the match tonight? And uh, what positives do you think that Antonio Conte will take away from this evening? Darren, let's start with you. It's a tough one to find a man in the match tonight. I'm going to be really honest with you because it was a very mediocre performance. So, um, you know what? I'm I'm going to go somewhere and I'm just going to go like Mr. Reliable to Ben Davis, just as a purely seven because I don't think no one excelled that and he was just consistently just doing what he done. No one really gave me anything. So yeah, I, I to be fair, I, I, there was no man of the match for me of anybody. But obviously, I've got to do it. So I'm going to pick randomly. It'll be a Ben Davis, someone like that. That's my take. Greg, what about you? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. It's a bit like the you know, a manager of an under nines team that he's trying to pick the man of the match, and you think, "Who oh, haven't I given it to this season?" Because there, there wasn't one that stood out, was there? And you know, Darren's gone for Ben Davis. I could quite easily go for. Um, I, you know, I actually had a pretty solid game. Did, did do much one with Emerson Royale. I, I think I'd give it to him purely for the fact his energy and did not stop running. That's not to say he was outstanding. Nobody was outstanding. But just purely for his energy, I'll give it to him. And what about the positive, uh, Craig? Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot that lose. too. Yeah. Or, or what we did, one? Uh, well, that, again, it, it, we didn't lose. That's a positive. And the part down to good defending, but I think honestly, and not trying to sound grumpy, it was part down to luck. And I think a lot, a lot of times this season already, we've we've had our luck. You know, we're a cat with nine lives. I think we've used up about six or seven already this season. But you know, you do make your own luck and putting pressure on somebody taking a shot. If that's enough to make them hit the woodwork or to go just over, go just wide, you've done your job, and they haven't scored. So. You know, it could have been worse. The, the positive is that I'm taking from it tonight. We've done better than last season and we could have lost. So let's, again, move on. They'll have learned the lesson. Let's move on to the next one. Ricky, what about you? Um, I, I must say, I agree with uh, Keith's comment on screen, Hoybier. 
he was my man of the match against Nottingham Forest at the weekend, and he'll probably be my man of the match this evening. What about you, Rick? Yeah, I mean, I agree with the boys in that there was no outstanding, but yeah, Keith, Keith just nicked it for me. I, I was going to say, it, if there was a Tottenham man of the match, I think it was Hoiberg for not only being uh, cover for the defence, but also trying to make things happen and take the ball forward uh, into West Ham's half. Um, you know, balls over the top. He he, he got injured and carried on. Uh, warrior spirit. Uh, kept going, kept fighting. Didn't didn't really want to be taken off the field. So him, but I think I think there there, there could be a shout for Kulisevsky, even though it dipped just before he got taken taken off. And even saying that, and we've had a disappointing result. Look at who we've picked up. You know, Davies, Emerson, Ryle. I've picked out Hoiberg and Kulu. It wasn't that, you know, there's still positives within this side. It's not like everything's dead and buried. This ain't the Titanic no more. Do you know what I mean? We're we're, we're still on the climb and maybe this is a really important lesson to take in to the next few games because when we're talking about the positives and we're talking about not being unbeaten, every single point matters so much before this break. Yeah, so if we can't win it, then we can't lose it, you know? So every single point, like Darren has already said there, if we can go into that international break unbeaten, then that is a great position to be in because it's going to be as if the season's finished and there's a break and then everyone's going to start back up again. And some some are going to have injuries, some are going to have fitness issues, some are going to have fatigue. There's going to be a lot of crazy results happening when the season restarts after the World Cup. So <clears throat> we have to be ready. We have to get those points on the board up until the first point, uh, up until that uh, World Cup break. And uh, we're still unbeaten. We're still, we're, we're still rolling and we're still learning and we're still progressing. We're still moving forward. And that's the biggest positive right there. Darren, let's come to you. Let's talk about the transfer window. Um, now, the transfer window closes tomorrow, 11 p.m., uh, that is less than 24 hours at the time of recording this. Uh, we have signed seven players in the transfer window so far. Richarlison, Basuma, Udogi, who of course has gone out on loan, Jed Spence, Ivan Perisic, Fraser Forster and Clement Langley. Um, what do you think of the transfer window so far? I know we talk about the outgoings as well. Um, do you expect Spurs to do any more business in the next 24 hours? Okay, so what do I think of the window? I think we've had a very, uh, I think we've had a, a good window. It's been a very good window. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put a very in it, a very good window. We have strengthened areas that needed to be strengthened. There are still a few areas that are a bit up for concern. I know people look at our right side of, of our right wing back, Emerson, Spence, who is the best choice? Doherty, who's that one there? But we have the options in the squad. Having them there, it will work itself out. I think the recruitment has been solid. You look at Peritich, you look at Lengley when he comes in. I think Basuma's going to be a great acquisition for us. I also want to highlight the outgoings. That's been great work. If you can't sell them, get them out of the squad, get them on loan. And I think that's been great work from our team there. Paratici deserves great credit for that. And Rick, you made a comment just there about um, if you can't win, don't lose. That's Conte's. He said that early doors. Mm, we can't mm. win, don't lose. And he's building a team that has that mentality. If we can't win it, don't lose it. And the personnel is strong in there. And I think Richarlison is going to be a great acquisition for us. As someone quite rightly said, he needs to start starting. We need to see him in the team. And I'm going to be wild in this theory. He can play with Kane. And Kane could be our medicine. We could change the system 
drop Kane in there and have a Madison. So to answer your second question, Chris, do I think we're going to sign anyone? I'm not sure because I don't see us getting the this worldy out the out of the out of the hat right now. However, I feel that there may be one coming. I don't know why we've been linked with certain somebody from Leeds. I don't want to say the name. I don't want to manifest him in the Tottenham shirt. I don't want to project it out there. I don't know why that's been linked with us. However, I'm going to go back to Ricky's ultimate <laughs> saying, in Conte we trust. If Conte wants him, I back him. But I've just got a feeling this is not a Conte signing and this is a certain chairman just getting crazy and wanting to buy someone. So let's hope that it's not that case. But I'm not anticipating anyone else coming through. If it is, it's just going to be someone just to buffer the squad, not a worldie to go into our first eleven. That's my theory. Well, I'm, I'm certainly going to ask that question. Do you think Antonio Conte has gone into a meeting saying, I know a player that we want, Dan James from Leeds United. Craig, let's come I, to you on that. Is that to me? No, go, no. Craig, you have it. I don't want it. No, uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, no. In short, or you know, I can't imagine Conte going into the Levy's office and saying, "Get, get me Dan James now." But why? Why on earth? I mean, Christ Almighty! He picked well, a Swan. He Craig, picked a Swansea, didn't he? If, if he yeah. was on the if he was on the bench this evening, would he have come on? Would he have changed the game for us? No, no, because he's not good enough. <laughs> It's as simple as that. It's, I don't. I said. I said at the top of the show. I don't understand it. That that for me, and I totally agree. You know, if Conte wants him, I'll go with it. That one, no, no, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That that's the most ridiculous signing. I don't get it. We don't need another uh, another. What, what is he? A winger? I suppose he is a winger, isn't he? He's, he's an attacking midfielder that can't cross a ball. What can he do? You know, he's fast. If he didn't have pace... I, to- it, I told it, everyone you were grumpy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be grumpy about this. He's bloody useless. We don't want him. No. No. Sorry. That's my take on it. A Dharma Traore over him any day of the week. So, um, yeah. Thanks for that. Ricky, let me, come to you on, let me come to you on the same point. When you, when you see the likes of Dan James being linked with a move to Spurs, how does it make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel like it's a smoke screen. <clears throat> and then if it's not a smoke screen, I'm there praying that it, it, it's a smoke screen. Um, I, I'm just I'm just hoping that that's the name that's got out into the press and somebody else is going to be kind of like, you know, pull a rabbit out of the hat some way, shape or form. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think like what? It's just like what Craig just said there. He's got pace. Uh, it, Listen, if we sign him, I'll tell you all the positives under the sun. <laughs> all right? He's, strugg- he's, he's struggling <laughs> after I, pace. I will tell you all the positives under the sun. I'll tell you how he'll change the game. I'll tell you how he, he, he's the next Gareth Bale. Like, I will tell you all these things if we sign him. But I'm just, you know, I'm still hoping that we're not going to. So I don't have to. Do you know what I mean? So... I, I don't really understand it, mate. I, I don't he, really. He's not it. even. Uh, I might be wrong in this, but he, I don't think he even qualifies as homegrown because he's he, no. he was at Swansea, wasn't he? Or he's at yeah, Welsh, well, isn't he? Yeah, so, doesn't count. So that wouldn't even count. So, well, it would count for the Premier League, of course, but not Europe. Yeah. So. Well, I, I want you all to think. I, I want you to give me a rating of uh, what you would give the transfer window, um, bearing in mind that we have uh, offloaded nine players, um, three permanently um, six on loan 
Bergvine, Carter Vickers and Clark all going out on permanent transfers. Undombele, Regulon, Lo Celso, Udogi, uh, Harry Winks and Joe Roden all going out on loans. Ricky, let's come back to you on this point. Um, how would you rate the transfer window? If it stopped now, how would you rate the transfer window out of 10? And realistically, are you expecting any more incomings? <clears throat> All right. The, so I would give it a rating of 8.35. 8 it's it's 8.3, 8.4. Listen, if you don't put a decimal point in, like Dyer said, you're just playing amateur games. All right. That'd be a rookie. If you're going to rate something, don't be a rookie. Do you know what I mean? So I'm going to say 8.3, and I'll tell you why. The, the, the biggest positive is not so much who we've got through the door. It's the positions that we needed filling and how quickly we've done that. For Spurs, we have never done that. Could you imagine if we only signed Perisic and Forster and we was waiting for the other four positions that Conte already kind of identified a long time ago and we was waiting for them this week? I'd be losing my mind. Do you know what I mean? And how far behind would we be or how far would they be behind uh, the, the fitness and the football knowledge that you need to have to play in a Conte team? So I'm really happy that we, we got the early business done that we did. Um, it's great that they got to go um, on uh, pre-season. It's great that they haven't had to be uh, thrown into the side straight away. Like, we've been able to bed them into the side. We haven't had to put the pressure on them. We're not in a weak position right now where we need them to start and, and we need them to, to be in the team to, to make, make it work. We was in a weak position when we bought Kulu and we bought Bentenker and they went straight into the side and we saw what difference that made to the side. Right now, we're not in that position. Right now, we've brought players in. We're going to allow them to bed in. We're going to allow them to understand the system and the philosophy going forward. And when they come in, they've got a point to prove. Uh, that works for us. That makes us stronger. And the fact that we went and paid £60 million for Richarlison, there's been some crazy prices for some crazy people in this, in this transfer period, all right? But the fact that <clears throat> we paid, let's say... Five mil, let's say ten mil over the odds to go and get him shows that there's a different intent of this Tottenham side. Shows that even though he's going to be on the bench, we're going to back the manager and give you somebody of high quality that can change the game, or can start, or we can rotate, or or we can use in a positive manner. So seeing those things, a plus that outgoing, it's an eight point three. If we would have got a Bastoni, it would have easily been a nine point two. If we would have got a Bastoni. And, uh, and uh, you know, a box-to-box stroke creative midfielder, it would have been a 10. Can I ask you all your opinion on the word dropping? Because when Antonio Conte said a couple of days ago in the press conference that um, Richarlison will be playing and starting in the starting eleven in the next couple of games, obviously it didn't happen this evening, so it could happen for the, you know, for the Fulham game on Saturday that we'll come on to. Darren, um on social media, particularly Twitter, everyone was like, well, Hoon Min Son is going to be dropped. And it all seems this big thing. But when you sign a player like Richarlison, surely the word is rotation. That's what they're there for. 100% agree with you, Chris. Rotation is what it's about. I think when people talk about dropping your old school starting eleven, and that's what the league is about. As we quite rightly know, we're now going to play three games a week. 
rotating this squad is going to be key to our success. Players knowing that they're getting their peak fitness by being able to rest a game while someone else plays and they can come back. And that's what is going to be key. Conte has probably already told Richarlison what game he's starting. Basuma knew what game. I think that information is key to your squad to understand that it is not a, it's not an 11 game now. It's a squad game now. And if you're a fan of football and fan of Tottenham, understand that we can't use that term. Son's going to get dropped. He needs to be dropped. He needs rotating. He needs a rest. He needs to be taken out the firing line because we have the players to do that. In years gone by, we used to worry about Kane getting injured because we had no replacement. We had no one to rotate him with. Now we have those rotation options. So for me, on your question about our transfer window, for me, it's a solid eight. It's a solid eight because we, as Ricky harped on about all the positives of early signings, etc., bedding them in. I think the getting people out the door was great as well. And I think we've got a nucleus of a side that really can compete on all fronts. So it's a solid eight for me. Just an eight? Yeah, just an eight. I'm not, I'm not Eric Dyer's friend. I'm not doing a point, point, point. Solid eight. Just a solid eight. He's not playing the game, Ricky. He's not playing the game. I know, bro. I'm upset. Craig, what are you doing? I'm not playing dice. Uh, for me, I'll break it down like, like the chaps just said there. For outgoings, I'd go over nine. I think it's been been fantastic for that. They've got rid of the, the players that they want to get rid of. As for uh, incomings, I still think personally we're about 7.5. Uh, so See? ultimately, uh, around about, I will give it an 8.257. Um, I like as, it. As a. Uh, as a window, depending on who we get over the line tomorrow, that could go as high as uh, 8.9. Or let's go with, if we get two players in that I'm impressed with, let's go with Usain Bolt's world record with 100. 9.58 I'll go with. So <laughs> that, that depends if we get two players in. Dan James, he's quick. 9.58. Yes, come on, Dan. Do you know what? It, it might surprise people, but I'm going to go with a 7.129. Um, because um, I I think the transfer window started off so well for us, um, and I think a lot of teams have caught up and brought in real you know quality players. And if I'm honest, and it might be a little bit greedy um, as a Spurs fan, but I just want a couple more signings in through the door before eleven o'clock tomorrow evening. Um, because when I looked at the bench this evening, um, like I said earlier, I just feel like we need. Another game changer on the bench. Richarlison, I, th- I think, is, an, is a great signing. And I know I've said this all along, even before we signed him, I thought it would be great at Tottenham because he can play on the left, he can play through the middle, he can play on the right, um, he can come off the substitute bench and he can be a real impact player that we've seen already. We saw it at the weekend, we've seen it um, you know, today in glimpses. Um, but I just feel like we need one or two more players, I really do. Um, so I hope that we do get one or two more in the door. Um, and I completely agree with the points I think you've made, Darren, about um, how many players that uh, we've got out the door. Um, you know, I know it wouldn't have been easy to to get players out the door like La Celso and Ondon Bele, um, particularly the wages that they were on. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see if a lot of them come back at the end of this season. And, uh, you know, do we have to go for it all again, trying to loan them out again? Or will someone actually come in and pay decent money for them? Um, let's go on to the Fulham game. Uh, of course, our next Premier League game on Saturday, 3pm kickoff at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Fulham have had a good start to the Premier League. They have played five, they've won two, they've drawn two, they've lost one. 
Um, they drew 2-2 against Liverpool, uh, drew 0-0 against Wolves, beat Brentford 3-2. They lost to Arsenal 2-1 and they beat Brighton 2-1. Um, Darren, let's start with you. Um, how do you see this game going? Are you confident for the three points on Saturday? It's going to be a battle because they've got a striker on form and like West Ham had Antonio, he likes to play right on the on your centre-half. He's going to be leaning all over him and he's going to make our boys work. Keeping a clean sheet is going to be difficult. So I am confident of a win because we should be beating Fulham. We should be beating him. So I'm confident at home with the beautiful fans surrounding that stadium, singing beautifully and bringing the energy to that side. We're not going to let them do what they did today when it started to get stagnant in the middle. I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Tottenham. Darren, are you surprised by um, Fulham's form so far in these five games and their performances? And uh, in particular, I want to mention uh, Mitrovic because he's got an absolute hat four goals in the championship. And of course, we know the Premier League is a completely uh, different kettle of fish, completely different level. And he seems to be delivering week in, week out at the moment in the Premier League. Yeah, he's he's a beast. Mitrovic is a beast and he's a confidence player, as you can see. He's taken that confidence from the championship and he hit the ground running. And you saw what he did to Van Dijk. He, he, he's touch tight, but he's got good feet. And those strikers, they are difficult to play against because you get too tight, they'll spin you on the floor, you back off and you're, you're making a problem for yourself. So it's going to be a real battle, especially for Eric Dyer. I've got a sneaky suspicion we may have a Romero back. I don't know why. I've just got a sneaky suspicion he may play that game. I think his injury may not have been as serious as we first thought because I think he would love that challenge. And I think if he's in there, I'll, I'll be sure on my 2-1 prediction. But I just feel he is going to get one if we've got Sanchez, Dyer, Davis, because he's going to fancy his chances at muscling one of them out of it because that's how he plays. I'm not surprised that Fulham have done well because the Premiership this year, everybody has shown that if you if you go and you play with passion and you attack it, there's there are chances. As Craig Wright quite rightly said, we've rode our luck a lot and Fulham have rode theirs. And I think everyone is really going there and you make your own luck. And I think against Fulham, We've got to come out firing. We've got to come out with our, with our tails up, going for gold. We've got to be pushing down the flanks, make them turn on themselves and in terms of defending, looking over their shoulder rather than thinking about attacking. And I think if Richarlison gets the start that I think it's looking like he's going to get, I think his presence up there is going to be a menace for them. And I think he's going to get one and Tottenham will win 2-1. Thank you. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Um, and as Darren said there, hoping that um, Romero will be back. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, Oliver Skip was on the uh, bench um, this evening. So nice to see him back. Um, what do you think of Tottenham's chances on Saturday against Fulham? Yeah, I, I agree with what Darren said there. I think it's a team that's going to be tough, but I think it's a team we should be looking to, to beat. And I'll actually match that prediction. I'll go for 2-1 as well. I think Mitrovic is an absolute beast. I think he's made for the Premiership. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. And I think Fulham have done so well because these teams that come up, you, they always have this, the first few games, that they just go out there as they've got nothing to lose, which, which is quite right. It's a, it's a way to be in the Premiership. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Anybody thinking it's not, then, you know, you're wrong. Um, it, 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 there's no easy games in the Premiership. But um, just going, going back to what you said there, we're all forgetting, I think, how good Oliver Skip was before he got injured. We haven't really seen him since January. So, you know, I'd love to see Skippy get a run out on, on, uh, on Saturday. Um, I, th I think he could be uh, the missing link in that midfield because he was getting forward a lot, wasn't he? 
um, making runs into the box. So let's not underestimate what Oliver Skip can do. Uh, what I will say, just off topic a little bit, is if anybody does get a bit depressed with the performances and you, 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 you want to think how other fans are feeling, I've, I've done it recently quite a lot. I've gone on to, you, you know, obviously at the end of the game, Tottenham will put out full time and then they'll put whatever the score is. If you go on to when Liverpool's admin put their one up or if Man City or oh, don't go to Arsenal, but any of the top teams, Chelsea, all that, all the fans are exactly the same as us. You know, if they've just scraped to win, they'll put exactly almost the same comments as our, our fans put on ours. So we're not alone. All fans go for it. Whatever the team is, nothing's perfect. So, you know, as I said before, there's not one team in the land I don't think ever existed, unless perhaps that Barcelona team, you know, back when they had Messi, Busquets, um, Javi, all, all them lot, you know, they're almost a perfect team. There's not a perfect team in the Premiership at the moment. So even, even Man City, you know, they're going to lose games. So don't be disheartened. We, we are still learning, still finding our feet with these new players. And like you, Chris, I'm hoping for a couple of uh, signings tomorrow, but not Dan James. Uh, I'm sure he's a lovely <laughs> lad, but we don't need him. I, I tell you what he's very happy. I'll tell you what a great signing would be by 11 uh, p.m. tomorrow. Antonio Conte sign an extension. That would be a great signing. Rick? So he's here. <laughs> <laughs> nice win. <laughs> Ricky, how are you feeling ahead of the Fulham game? Oh, mate. Oh, that was tremendous. Um, you know what? Just to echo what the boys said, you know, you know, Mitrovic and Fulham have got a point to prove this year. You know, they came up before. Uh, Mitrovic got criticised. They said he couldn't do it in the Prem. And he's got a point to prove. And he's going out to prove it. So, I think that he'll probably get one against us. I think, you know, Fulham and promoted sides, like the boys have said, are, are dangerous because they just, they've got nothing to fear at, at this point in the, in, the, in the season. But I want us to go out there and impose ourselves. I want us to go out there and, and put a marker down and put a statement out there. I want us to, you know, maybe start to rotate a little bit. Maybe bring in Langley, maybe bring in Spence, maybe bring in Richarlison. <clears throat> You know, just to rotate it, freshen it up a little bit, put some people on on uh, on the back foot. So um, put Fulham on the back foot. So, but I I really want them to go out there and, and put a statement performance down. Um, so I'm thinking, I'm feeling in my stomach right now is that it's going to be a three-one Tottenham win. And um, yeah, I've got a feeling Richarlison will pop up with one. I've got a feeling that Sonny will pop up with one, and probably Kane as well. That's what I'm going with. What's happening now for cheese on bread? It's all starting again. One. It's all started. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will definitely record the Watford story one day, won't we, Rick? <laughs> where, where, where's, where's, where's Watford? I don't, I've never heard of Watford, you know. I've They're not even in the Premier League. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, um, sorry, Darren, you're going for a 2-1 Spurs win? Yeah. Craig, what are you going for? Yeah, 2-1, yeah. 2-1. And Ricky, you're going 3-1. 3-1. Come on, you Spurs. I'm going to go for 2-0 Tottenham. Um, I'm confident. I think that we'll keep a clean sheet as well. Even if they do have Mitrovic in, in fine form, I think we'll keep a clean sheet. I think Antonio Conte uh, will absolutely roast these players tomorrow. And uh, I think that they will be uh, putting in a good shift on Saturday at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, 
Darren, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Uh, absolute pleasure having you back and tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what adverts you're in at the moment. <laughs> well, as you can see, Original Heartman on all social media platforms, popping up on adverts, trying to sell you something crazy at some point, be it, be it new Wi-Fi, which I'm going to be looking at myself, and all other bits and bobs. But yeah, I'm out there doing the do. So yeah, if you see me on the TV, yes, I'm trying to sell you something. I'll be popping up on more bit sooner or later. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having you on again. Um, Always Craig, a pleasure. Craig, thanks so much for coming back. No worries. No worries. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, win, lose or draw. And Ricky, tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. Always an honour honor and a pleasure to be on, Chris. Uh, you, they, these guys know where to find me by now. Or on Twitter, you can find me at Ricky J Norwood. On Insta, you can find me official Ricky Norwood. And, uh, yeah, just holler at your boy, man. Just holler at your boy. But, uh, yeah, just auditioning, keeping busy, keeping head, head above water and cheering on these, these uh, my beloved Spurs. So, yeah, just loving life, bro. Loving that the season's kicking into gear. And I bet you are loving that the transfer window is about to close. You might get a couple of days free to, you know, maybe lie in a bit instead of just doing a 60-second quick update and stuff. You know what I mean, Chris? So, um, yeah, it might calm down a bit after tomorrow. But fingers crossed you, we get another one or two in. Do you think you could talk faster than me on these 60-second updates, Rick? Nah, bro, <laughs> you got it down to a skill, you know? It's like... It's, it's, like, it's like sometimes you're rapping, you're like, I'm like, what? what is, pull up, pull up. Do you know what I mean? Let's get some horns going or something, you know? I want to yeah, I wanna know how many times. We want to see an outtake reel. That's what we want to see. About <laughs> 37 takes sometimes, but I get there. <laughs> no, well done, Chris. Well done for all the content yeah. and, and all the updates and keeping us, all of us Spurs fans, informed of everything that's going on around the transfer window and around Tottenham. So, well done to you again, bro. Thank you, Ricky. And uh, thank you so much for um, uh, Craig and uh, Darren and Ricky for coming on this evening. Uh, I'm very lucky that I have excellent guests that come on uh, on this channel on a regular basis. And uh, let's hope that the transfer window isn't done for Spurs yet and we can get a couple more over the line. Um, and thanks to everybody who has tuned in this evening. Um, there has been absolutely thousands of messages um, come up um, today so thank you so much for all of your support um, if you are watching on YouTube please do hit that subscribe button and if you're listening to this on an audio platform do hit that follow button and leave a review if you can and uh, we will be back very soon uh, for another show and uh, another Tottenham News video um, until then come on you Spurs come on Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.
As a parent, no two days are ever the same. And let's face it, sometimes a little extra help goes a really long way. That's what's so great about Care.com. They make it easier than ever to find local, experienced, and background-checked childcare to help manage your family's ever-changing needs and schedule. From nannies and babysitters to daycare centers and tutors, find help for long- or short-term support. Whether you need an after-school sitter or help with the homework, there's a large selection to choose from. And all caregivers who use Care.com are required to complete a background check before they're able to interact with families on the platform. It's so easy. Just go to Care.com and post a job for caregivers to apply. You can search for qualified candidates, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, and send messages directly. You can even find other kinds of care, including housekeepers, dog walkers, and caregivers for seniors. Find care for all you love. Sign up now and see why over 3 million families use Care.com. Visit Care.com today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.